This podcast contains adult content, so if you've got little ears in the car, you may want to turn it down. We also go deep into the emotional, spiritual, and energetic worlds, so please open your hearts and proceed with care. As soon as your outer vestments are in hand, I know you're easy. Even when you're a woo 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 Hi, and welcome to the Woo Wooverse. It is a deep dive into spirit, energy, soul awakening, life, the universe, a whole bunch of other things. Crystals will probably get mentioned at some point today. Um, I am your one of your hosts. I'm Kira Lee. And I'm Lynette. Um, we're so pleased to be here. We, um, Since uh, our last recording, we've put our podcast out into the world and it has been received and it's been delightful, hasn't it, Lynette? It has. And thank you to everybody who wrote to us and direct messaged us and gave us their congratulations and also their thoughts and feelings about how seen they felt and, and how being part of the community has made them feel. And we welcome you and we are excited to just keep going down the Wooverse tunnels and you know, thanks also to everyone who sent questions because we have those building up as well now, which is Yeah, our lovely. mailbag episode is going to be some weird shit. You're going to love it. <laughs> um, also, we realized, we've realized that the, the motto for this podcast, the intention for this podcast is whole squad vibrating higher and... And it's happening. We, we, that's what we want. We want community. We want connection. We want um, to share our wisdom with you and you share your wisdom with us. And yeah. And so many people said that they passed it on um, to people who, you know, they felt brave enough to come out and say, hey, there's this great breathing technique you might want to try. And also those people have connected in and said thanks. And we want to say thank you to you too for, um, for trying something new. <laughs> trying something a little bit different, a little bit woo-woo. Hey, so we're currently on different sides of the planet at the moment because um, I travel a bit. Um, yeah, we're uh, not always going to be in the same place. Are we, we are rarely going to be <laughs> in the same place. Um, but even though we're so far apart at the moment, we really were connected this week in the most amazing way that I think all of humanity managed to connect to each other through the climate strike protests. Oh, amazing collective outpouring of power and strength and desire for change, wasn't it? Did it, it was so? Oh, it was massive. I was in Berlin. That I, they, hundreds of thousands of people came out to protest. Berliners do love a bit of a protest. They're into it. Um, <laughs> and a parade. It was even the techno protest. It was like, it was so Berlin. And it was very emotional. I spoke to quite a few people who were there mm. and they actually talked about how emotional it was for them and, and me too in that, and we've all got climate anxiety, right? We, we all have these emotions mm. and these fears and this anxiousness and, and sometimes we feel like there's nothing we can do and we don't know where to put it. And I feel like this week we all had somewhere to put it, like we had somewhere, like a safe place for our emotions and, and not only to like grieve what needs to be grieved but the feeling that we can stand up and do something about it. Do you know, last year I sat with people who really were in that angst and had reached a point where, especially after several elections around the world, were in, you know, what I would call a funk. And so we'd go to dinner and go, oh my God, what are we going to do about this? And what's going to happen? And when I really sat back and kind of connected into my channel, the answer kept coming that it would be in the revolutionary spirit. And when you look back in history, that's what 
ended up being the calling and the change that was needed for the next wave of awareness and awakening to come through as a collective consciousness. And that's what Greta and so many people have done because it's not just climate change anxiety. There's so many things that people around the world are gathering to try and fight for, aren't they, to get this vibe of it's not okay for a small number of people to decide that something is right for us any longer. Like the the human collective um, voice needs to be heard. We want to look after our earth and our environment and our women and our children and we've had enough and so people are yeah, taking to the, the streets. Always. And I think this is like really oh, it's such a big topic. I feel like we'll do our energy of climate change episode at some point down because there's like a lot to get into right like it's so big it's not small it's yeah. big um and it, it kind of does show that the en- energy exists behind everything and in everything and everything has an energetical side to it and that's what we want to talk about this week we want to explore the greater woo verse and we want to talk about what there is mm. besides us besides you and me humans who live on a planet and have jobs and friends and dinner mm. plans um and hopes and dreams and goals <laughs> what like yeah yeah and laundry yeah, yeah, yeah. i just thought so yeah, much and a sinus laundry infection, right like yeah there's like we're very human we've got these monkey bodies right and 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 we're living this kind of brain enhanced monkey version of life but there is also something else going on and that's what we want to talk about this week and it's tricky right being a multi-dimensional human you have to clean out your fridge you have to tend to your body and then we're trying to live in this whole experience, not just on our own, but amongst a whole lot of other people as well. So, Did, did you ever see yeah. Aladdin where the, t- uh, the cartoon, I'm specifically thinking of, where the genie was played by Robin Williams and at one point he talks about like being a genie and you've got all the powers of the universe. You are like, you are the most powerful thing in the universe, but you've got an itty bitty living space. And I feel like that's kind <laughs> of the human experience, right, of being divine and human all at the same time. Uh, the, the funny thing is I actually just watched that this week and we've been singing the songs. But yes, that's exactly what it's like. There's all these big things and then there's all these little things. And today we wanted to talk about the big things, didn't we? <laughs> we always just... kind of want to talk about the big things. It's kind of our wheelhouse. All right, uh, how do we get into it? Where do we start with this? What do you think? Oh, do you know what? It's actually the topic that probably causes people the most excitement around what people like you and I do and also it caused people the most anxiety Mm. and I think it was you that said to me you know people were kind of okay once I was starting to use my intuition I was connecting into my feeling centers and maybe understood that my body had an electrical energy field but when it started to get to topics like spiritual dimensions and talking about energies of people who've passed over and how we connect and communicate with that bigger woo-woo spiritual world and realm, you were like, oh, there were some people who are just out. (laughs) Yeah, I have like in my life, I have some demarcation that has been set up where there's a few people in my life who are really important to me. We are good friends and it has been agreed that we will never, ever discuss what I do. 
Like it will just never, they will never ask me how my work is or what I do. And I'm really fine with it. I don't want to freak them out, but it's just like, let's all just agree to not talk about this because it'll just make it easier. Then nobody has to be be triggered or challenged, right? Well, yeah. And I think that's the thing about this part of the conversation is it is the trickiest element of the woo-woo verse in Mm. some ways, because some people um, have no connection to it at all. Like this just does not exist. It's crazy. And then other people live in it, breathe in it and are working with it every single day. So, you know, it's one of those really chunky topics that you have to be careful of bringing up at the dinner table. But we're just yeah. going to we're, we're just going to take off the clothes and just go for it. We're just, yeah. just going to have an egg dinner party about it. it. <laughs> yeah. And look, I have like, I think the reason I'm ready to just get naked right here on the, on the podcast is because I've done my work. I've already spent so long when I started to transition and I started to become intuitive and I started to connect. And like, I had this journey of energy. I doubted myself mm. for so long because I was an mm. atheist And I was like a non-believer and I was just in this world where I was like, it cannot possibly be real. And for so long I had a foot in each world and I was really Do you know that I didn't know you were an atheist when I read you? I mean, I think I always had a bit of the, let's be honest, always had a bit of the woo-woo, but like there was a period there where I think I was in denial and I was like, nope atheism that's the it's scientific rationalism brilliant that's what I want and so then when I had Mm. to kind of go well actually to believe in that I have to deny my lived experiences I am hearing things I am seeing things what do I just discount my own reality in order to tap into somebody else's understanding of the world or do I finally acknowledge what I'm experiencing and that's when I was like all right let's take all our clothes off and dance in the forest let's do this thing yeah I'm gonna say I had the experience which was in some ways privileged I think but in another way really really massive where I not tell you a time where those energies and that other world wasn't infiltrating my consciousness so for me it was trying to understand what was happening to me was it psychological disturbance and Mm. why even when I would Mm -hmm. go and see people who were high up in the psychiatric or medical field could I see people or energies around them that had you know passed over and so it was this experience of trying to yes not let myself and my own experience be dictated by what somebody else was saying was real or not real or okay or not okay and I think that's where we need to kind of talk about this today because we do every single person needs to sit with themselves and work out what they know and believe in their own personal journey and hopefully what we can cover today is a way to enter that or understand it more and if I can help and you can help give any tips about what it feels like to connect to that world and how to stay centered, balanced and grounded while doing it, um, then, you know, that's a, that's an absolute bonus as well. Yes, absolutely. And I often think about that great Marion Williamson quote that is, um, what is it? That it's not, our greatest fear isn't that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And I think this brings, we spend so much time, society puts us in a box and tells us what it's to do and here are your options and you'd better not think outside the box or you'll get kicked out of the gang. Like well, there's so much constriction that is put on us that then to all of a sudden go, hold on, there's this whole other world and you can connect to it and you are divine and you have all these powers that you can um that are your birthright that you can learn to reconnect with yeah it pushes people's buttons it's really it's terrifying 
And can we say it pushes people's buttons in particular cultures because yes. Yes, we the absolutely history of that. this, yeah, in so many cultures and communities is that this is a very normal, innate practice. From the time you are born, you know you have ancestors, the community has ancestors and helpers and spiritual world is normal. Sometimes in, like, for example, in our culture, it, we're almost fighting for the right to acknowledge that that's existing and that we have the potential to help ourselves and use it. And Native way. cultures around the world have always practised connection to spirit. They've always understood they're connected to something bigger. There's no pyramid that has human at the top of it. There's like it's a web and we're all in it together. And certainly in the country we're from, Australia, so much of that was destroyed by colonisation. That, that idea that spirit is our birthright and connecting to something bigger was completely wiped out and different religions were brought in. And you and I now as the white people living in the country that used to have all the, the connection to spirit are trying to rediscover, really. And it, it it's so true. And if you ever have been in front of or had the privilege of being in the presence of somebody who heals, who's come from that lineage, the first thing they do is just look at you and and, and see how they can reconnect you mm. with your spiritual tribe and ancestry and spiritual awareness. And we live in such disconnection. These realms yeah. are divided where, yes, as we're talking about in other cultures, they're parallel they're side by side you know it's normal to have the altar in the house in mm. for example in japan they have an altar set up for their relatives passed over or deceased and honor them and give to them all the time in thailand they have the spirit houses on the outside yes culturally there are there are things that are happening where this is much more connected. Sorry, the reason I'm laughing is I'm just trying to think of like how, like how what a disconnect it would have been if there was an altar. There was no altar in the house I was growing up in. There was no understanding of connecting to ancestors. Um, you look at graveyards in Australia, nobody goes there unless it's teenagers drinking or goths hanging out. It's like we really, we are disconnected and coming into the world of spirit, it, it's a reconnection. It's a re it's a stitching back together. It's really interesting that you mentioned the film Aladdin before. So much of what we understand about the spiritual realm has come through literature and films. And you're right, Kiralee, so many families in Australia and in other um, Western cultures are like, their ancestors are gone. Have you ever visited their resting place? Probably not. You know, mm. my children started to want to do that and look for the resting places of my relatives when they watched the movie Coco, which was all about finding your ancestors in the spiritual realm and making sure you remember them so they can pass their gifts and talents and love and power back into the physical realm. So, so much of what we have seen and even begun to try and understand didn't get passed down through our families or our ancestors. And if you are lucky to have that, that's phenomenal. But a lot of it has come from, you know, films and literature that we've been watching and then therefore had to translate into our, our ourselves. And some of those are scary and, um, and not necessarily a very positive depiction of what it's like to have connection to this realm. The, you know, the way our culture has interpreted a spiritual realm, the other side 
you know, as it's become known, hasn't always been positive, has it? Look, it's so true. And I always think about there's like these archetypes we've been given through popular culture as well, where generally, okay, fine. Who gets access to the other side? Who gets access to the spirit world? Okay, well, men do. And a man of authority gets it. And he's like a very powerful mm. man and you have to impress him and that's who gets And maybe he's a bit scary and intimidating. Um, yeah, because there's like a whole structure there. So that's who gets it. Or maybe a woman gets it. But if she gets it, she's crazy and she's maybe hysterical mm. or she like drinks mm. too much or she like um, – yeah, she's not to be trusted. She's a bit different. And it's like these really yeah. negative archetypes we've been given about something that actually we all can do and we all have the right to. And let alone the images of the spirit world that we're presented mm. with that um, provi have provided sort of templates for frightening experiences. And obviously you know, these stories are based on extremes. That's why they're interesting and enthralling and people want to pay a ticket to go and to understand something that displaces them or, you know, it puts them in fear space. But it's very interesting to see that it probably doesn't sell as well if it's all love and light and a little bit of magic. And and so, yeah, it's it's very slanted in some ways. And something else that I think is really interesting is that as indie took this topic, indie films, scripts started coming out where, like, uh, for example, Sixth Sense, where we didn't know who was the spirit. Oh, I'll, I'll take, give me Whoopi Goldberg, give me Patrick Swayze, give me Demi Moore, give me a little pottery scene. I'll take that over Sixth Sense <laughs> any day of the week. You know, Medium was really, I mean, I used to watch that with my partner and just, yeah, that's kind of our life. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's where <laughs> it's it looks. kind of like a reality TV show. Um, I often think as well, like sometimes I feel like it's either scary, the way these things are presented, either scary or dismissive, flaky. Um, and I've been thinking about Professor Trelawney because I spend an inordinate amount of time thinking about Harry Potter. But even in the Harry Potterverse where everyone can do magic, there's like the serious magic that's been proven that men do. It's like Dumbledore magic. But then there's the lady magic that's like divination and, and seeing the future and connecting to spirit. And that's lady magic and it's not to be trusted. Like even in that world, that image of the woman who has a connection being a flake who's not to be trusted persists. It's such an interesting experience to watch this if you line all this up and have a look at it. And there's absolutely throughout history, even under sort of church law, let's underline that, you know, as a, as a thing, people were allowed to pray to something of the highest energy, but you weren't allowed to really go too far off the highway, you know. So mm. it was guided by these raw rules, laws and regulations of people that had reached a certain level of ordination or experience with that world. And, you know, it's interesting because most of the people who ended up having the visions were very normal people mm -hmm. who needed to be the conduit for something on the planet or to the people around them. Um, but then once again, that was kind of like, there's usually a loss, interestingly, when when you look at the um, 
theological texts that someone will receive a vision and there's some kind of like, but you wouldn't want to do that because there's a big loss around it and, you know, that mm. person didn't get to do something or they lost their freedom or they lost their son or they – there's interesting warnings kind of put around this stuff. And, and look, I'm going to say not for no reason and we'll get into that, but I think it is true that – there has been sort of a who holds the magic to do this yes. and who doesn't. And I just do want to say, though, that the Harry Potter series opens children to a world where the magic and something else exists and that they have the power to change their world. And J.K. Rowling is another one of our luminaries at the Verse because there isn't a child I know that has has read that text that doesn't get this and doesn't have a series of at least a thousand questions about energy and the way they use it. And that is just so hopeful. I just love that, that we live if in you that world. If you ever up for doing a, the energy of Harry Potter episode, I'm in. I've got so much We to can say. do a Harry Let's Potter episode. It. Oh, my gosh. Make that'll it probably go for three hours. Let's go. <laughs> um, Character I'm, analysis. Yeah. Yes, there's so much to say. Um, one of the things that I think traditionally as well, like if we want to talk about power structures and that thing you said about who is allowed to have connection, again, generally men are allowed to have connection, women aren't. And there is a power structure. It's like um, you've to get to God, you've got to go through me. That, that conversation about who has access to the magic and who doesn't for so long Again, talking through our society, our kind of Western society that we are a part of, it has been controlled and it has been the idea that you can get to God, but you've got to go through me. I'm, I'm a human too, but I'm your portal to the divine. And generally in society, those places have been given to men. And it's like the man gets to control everybody getting to God, even though we all actually have the power to connect to something on the other side. And women have been doing it and being punished for it the entire time it's not like our power or connection ever went away we just maybe had to keep it on the DL um, and I think that's what's so exciting when you start to step into the world of spirit and you start to do your own work and you realize you don't have to go through anyone to get to the divine and you don't have to go through anyone to get to spirit you have a vast universe we could say a vast woo-woo verse inside of you and it's as vast inside as it is outside. Uh, yeah, and the homage to those women and people throughout history who were nonconformist and dreamers and artists and healers and, you know, grannies and all sorts of people who refuse to deny their connection to this world mm. and this power. And I saw a great meme recently that says, you know, to burn the witch was to acknowledge she had the power. Yeah. And, you know, I love that somehow that world has kept its course and we now live in a generation where the conversation can be opened and taught I believe it can be passed on and oh my goodness I mean the level at which we could go to if we were awakened fully to this would be amazing and I believe it's probably the key element to us truly healing and changing direction of our planet at this time bringing in that energy force from the um, higher realms and gathering together to use it and direct it because it, it's funny that we started talking about all the rallies and the gatherings because 
people can get weary and as though they might, you know, burn out if they take to the streets and nothing is changed in the upper echelons of power. You know, like the Occupy movement, that was so important. And then people were like committed and then, you know, suddenly the media just stops showing the importance of it and something else comes in and takes over. Um I think that where what we're talking about comes in is that when people spiritually commit to drive that energy and change, that is when we're going to get a really big shift. And I don't think it's an accident that that conversations about spirituality, people stepping into connection is rising at the same time that we're hitting a critical point in our culture where we need things need to change to save ourselves. I feel like it's all makes a lot of sense that these two things are happening at once. All of this as well is something that spiritual practitioners have been saying since day dot, we are all connected. We are all one. There is no separation between us. There is no separation between us and the earth. And it's such a deep understanding and such an important, immediate understanding at this time in our culture. So let's talk about that idea of the connections that we have here together and the connections that we have to the other side. So we are a physical body, as we've talked about in a previous episode, and we have then energy layers that emanate around us and channels that bring energy down into our system through chakric um, sort of like funnels and then it goes in and out and in and out and operates and connects the ethereal world with the physical world. Well, we're kind of a micro version of what's happening on a planet macro version. So if you mm. think of our earth plane as the physical frequency and then around that is human consciousness if you imagine all the energetic thoughts and feelings and you know the zeitgeist the the things that are buzzing us up and um taking up our bandwidth basically and then there is the emotional higher consciousness of our human field and that's where we have collective feeling and when what is taking up our bandwidth starts mixing with our emotional collective conscious, you start to get that force that's happening through our planet right now. And people like Greta Thunberg become luminaries. They have sacred contract where they deliver the message and become the catalyst for our driving change. So you can see how this is all related as we keep talking. And then beyond the emotional consciousness, there is the spiritual layer. And this is kind of the only way I can describe it, but it's kind of like an onion, you know, where there's these different frequencies. So physical right through to spiritual. And when we talk about connecting with the other side, we're talking about frequencies. We're talking about webs of energy and how they connect. And depending on what your personal little egg of frequency is vibrating at and how open your perceptual centers are, you will connect into that greater experience at different levels. So someone who's got their feet very firmly on the ground and has done a lot of 
awareness and consciousness work through themselves and become connected to their feeling centers and their sensual energetic centers and they've started to open up their channels will connect into the planetary channels at a level where it is possible that when we get into speaking about that spiritual energy on the planet that there is no longer a massive divide that they can pick up the telephone and connect into that realm. And when we connect into that realm, we're talking about spiritual energy and souls, um, conscious energies that were once of physical plane that are no longer in this plane that are now in the spiritual realm. You take the red pill. Your eyes are kind of glazing over. No, no I'm just I'm processing it all. It's complex. <laughs> and for a lot of us, it's new information. It's not, we think about, when we think about the world, we think maybe a picture of a globe of the world or a photo taken from the earth, of the earth from space. We think that's, okay, that's the world, that's the plane, that's the existence. We don't think of the frequencies. Yes. Bands of yes. Earth. Yes. 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 So let's put something up on the um on the uh, show notes for today's podcast. Maybe some little diagrams so you can get a good visual on that. If you're sitting there thinking WTF, we can help with that. Well, it's so funny that you say it's complex and you're like a bit freaky because once I think you can see it or you've felt these different frequencies, it's much easier to understand. And this isn't something necessarily that the conscious mind is really good mm. giving you all the information about you've kind of got to get into the deeper parts of yourself to get the yes yeah. the analogy i always give is that of an ant colony next to a four lane highway so an ant colony mm. is a super sophisticated structure it like it's a small city it really everybody knows their place everybody has a job it runs like a swiss watch it's very complex in its own right and it's next to a four lane highway so we can absolutely hear the rumblings of the cars mm. on that highway. It knows it's there. Mm. It can understand it and connect to it. But does it actually understand, like do the ants in the colony actually understand what a car is and what a person mm. in a car going to work might be mm. feeling emotionally? No, but they absolutely can mm. understand that it's there. And I guess that's how I feel. Like can I, when I connect to different in, uh, realms, vibration realms and pass back messages, can I tell you what the angels had for breakfast? No, I can't. Like that's, my brain can't go there. Do I absolutely know that I can feel them and hear them and they're there yeah I do mm. it's interesting because when you look at um you know the frequency spectrum of sound you know I think it's 20,000 hertz is sort of um the upper range and 20 hertz is kind of the infrasound range elephants can feel the infrasound through their feet. They can tell mm. things um, about the earth moving and the weather and all sorts of things through the big pads on their feet and the vibrations that run through the earth. We might stand near an elephant and be standing there going, I have no idea why that elephant Not is acting me. that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that frequency is picked up by that particular um animal and creature and I think it's amazing because see flowers it's the same thing like we think flowers are exceptionally beautiful but look at it through the way a bee's lens is working with all of its perceptual stuff and eyes and the colors are almost neon like those little stamens and pollen is it just looks like a super highway we are 
not everyone is perceiving and getting the same information. And there are some energies that I have receiving information on higher bandwidths and spectrums. I don't, I truly do not think that makes someone better or less than. Um, people have often said to me, oh, do you think because you can see this, you know, it makes you special? That's such an old perception that spiritual consciousness makes us more special than someone who, you know, can fix the pipes in my house or play a grand piano at a really high level. No, it, you know, I just like to be good at what I do and I like to use my gifts and talents, but I don't think being connected to this makes you more special. And I think at some point it became like the secret mysteries of the universe. And if you tapped into it, it made you special. I actually believe it should be something that the whole squad should be able to have some level of connection to. It is interesting that a lot of people who do do it at the level that you know, readers and healers and visionaries do it at and make it a job or a career or a journey. It it usually is passed down in some ways through a genetic lineage. But equally over the last 10 years, I've taught people like yourself, Carolee, that came and were just excited and ready and open. And yeah, they have actually gone on to do it as a job or injected it into what they do in their DJing or their artistry or their cooking, or they've created community ventures that bring in their intuition, spiritual perspectives and and flow. And I think the hope is that over time that it goes from something that like could make, make you special, blah, blah, whatever, that it goes to incredibly banal but actually we all do it. We all do it to the point where it all becomes part of who we are and so there is no um, division anymore but between those who are connected to themselves and connected to the spirit and those who aren't, right, that it's a whole squad vibrating higher, that we all get there together. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about connection. Again, these big questions. Um, mm. What's in there? Like in the spiritual realm, what are the mm. levels? What are the vibrations? Who's in there? What's going on? What do you see, feel, hear, know? Yeah, and this is where I just want to go and spend hours reading sacred texts in all of the major spiritual traditions and all the one and speak to people who whose traditions are not written down because this is where the magic stuff is, you know. I mean, the starting point is, again, that this is all frequency. So it's spectrums. It's spectrums of um, light and spectrums of dark forces. And somewhere is a starting point in the middle between those forces. And if we just look at the light realms, so generally speaking, we have the human soul within the body, which is kind of like the electricity that turns on the light bulb. And then when we pass through, we leave the body in the physical realm and we move into a spiritual and that is called then a spirit and then we have realms in that area where so for example if I was reading you and I could see your ancestral realm which means that you have known them directly in this world possibly even helped them pass into the spiritual plane had history with them in this time and space And they exist as sort of your first line in the other world. 
So one of the reasons that ancestors are really important and special for us um, once they've passed over is that they act like a bridge into the spiritual world. Because we loved them here and because we had a heart connection with them, when they pass over, it's like we can link through that connection. And often when they'll come through in a reading, they will come through in some form or with some kind of signifier that it is them. For example, I have done readings for people and my voices change slightly or the way I speak. Sometimes hilariously, I'll swear a lot and I'll apologize for it in the reading and someone will say, don't worry, that person was a major swearer. I have said things um, that have come through for me quite off the cuff and they will say to me, that's exactly the way that person would say it or what they would say. That's exactly the colour they would wear. Yes, they love to do that um, or that's a major problem they had in this world and now it doesn't seem to be a problem. So that's the way they come through in a reading. They will sometimes give the first letter of the time that they passed over or the day they were born. Um, Sometimes they will give exact months. Sometimes they will give exact dates. Sometimes they give letters of another ancestor over the other side or a name so that you can connect in. Ah, That's the family link. That's where they are. Um, And they're quite good at that. And sometimes beautifully they will tell me to tell that person that everything they didn't believe in while they were on the earth plane, they now can see and they believe in. And sometimes they'll have a discussion with me about um, how to do this, like how do they talk to me and isn't it amazing they can talk to me? And they will tell me things sometimes about their passing, sometimes about their will, sometimes about what they hope for that person. Some of it is very connected to the way they would have felt about that person while they were on the earth plane. And sometimes they even resolve with that person if there was tension. Um, Mostly they are in a bubble of amazing connection and light. Sometimes there is work to be done there and the jobs of a medium is to help any spiritual energies that may not be quite in that frequency that they need to be in. One of my um, sons once had a nanny that came to stay with us and I had not known her very long and I was downstairs working and they were upstairs and I could hear them playing and he kept calling her by another name. And when I went upstairs to see them, I said to her, how's it going and is everything okay? And she said to me, well, it's okay, but your son keeps calling me by this other name. And I kind of looked at my son who's pretty clicked in and he was only three and a half at the time and I said to him, "Um, who's this? And he said, you know, the name, let's just call it Laurel for the heck's sake. And I said, no, that's Gabby and not her real name. And he was... Um, staring at her in a way that I went, hmm, he can't see Gabby, he can only see Laurel. And so I sat down and I sat with him and I said to my son, can you see Laurel? And he said, yes. And I said, is she okay? And he said, she's talking, mama, she's talking, she's trying to get somewhere. And I said, okay, let me ask her what she needs. Do you know what she needs? And she needs you to help her, mama. And so then I turned to the poor nanny who obviously had no idea what she had signed up to in our family at that time. And I said to her, I'm so sorry, Gabby, not her real name. 
Did you have a friend or relative named Laurel that has recently passed over? And she just looked at me and gently I grabbed her hand and calmly and I said to her, I'm so sorry if it upsets you, but I'm clairvoyant and I can see her. And she held my hand and she said yes and it wasn't a very easy journey. And I said, that's okay. Do you mind if I help her? And she seems to need to speak to you about a few things that are going to lay her to rest and also put your heart at peace as well. And she was like, thank you. And so we sat and we talked and she passed messages on to pass to her direct family that she wasn't able to give messages to. And there was just a moment. And then my son looked at me and he said, good job, mama. (laughs) And we waved Laurel goodbye and she moved to the next frequency. And so that's part of the job of a medium. It's not always what every reading is about. Sometimes readings are about things that are happening for the person that comes to see you in the physical world. But sometimes, and a lot of the time, if it's the first time, there will be an ancestor or a relative that wants to reach through and connect to build that bridge, to build that trust and believability that there are these other dimensions. And it's always a humbling experience and it's always very special to be a part of. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. A bit like Alice, tumbling down the rabbit hole. We then move into a bit of a more wacky space where there are... I love that things are only just getting wacky now, right? (laughs) That's all really nice and normal, but here's the wacky shit. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's funny, isn't it? But um, the next level is this this guide realm. Now, the guides have not generally been someone you've known in this lifetime on this plane, but in another lifetime, you may have had a massive party, massive learning, commitment to each other, experience of, you know, um, teacher, mentor, and and possibly um, some kind of spiritual agreement to be held by their soul during this time while you're on this earth plane. And from what I can tell, they have an agreement with you that also helps them evolve Mm. and change and serve. So then their energy is changing as well. The guides have been on earth. They've been here. They understand a little bit more about our human issues and what it's like to be human. And I think they must know us pretty well because most people I read, they've had some very deep relationship, probably even mm. problematic relationships. So they kind of know what you're going to do when you don't do what your guidance is telling you. And they're yep. usually the ones who help guide, you know, through a lot of magnetic play, I imagine the per- the right person to be sitting next to you on the bus that says, hey, you know, I made this error and I wish I hadn't. And you think, wow, that was so weird that that information came out of the blue, you know. You think about all the shuffling they had to do (laughs) to get that person there. They're amazing. I think what's interesting about guides is people are obsessed with knowing what they look like Mm. and also what their name is. And that just to me is such a human um, experience of just needing to kind of put it in an understanding or a box. It's pretty hilarious, right? Dave, your spirit guide's name is Dave. How do you feel about that, right? (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, you may have had more than one experience or lifetime with a spirit guide, so they might take on a form that is necessary for this lifetime and sometimes they do come in, let's say, full outfit and they rock up and 
you know, it's very, um, there's a presence with a guide. They're quite dense and strong in their frequency. So when they mm. come into people's energies, often people will have a tear or they can feel the frequency shift in the room. But often there there is no name and I actually know when I'm speaking to somebody's guides because I very rarely would get a name from a guide and most of the time they will come in some kind of white looking almost like an Oscar statue you know the award that people get where they look like this beautiful white glowy Oscar statue sometimes with a costume on sometimes not I'm just gonna have to stop you at spiritual Oscars <laughs> it's an it's a great image though because everybody knows what the Oscar looks like right but it's that in white is usually and I'm the same yes. like I tend to feel and hear but when I see that pretty much sums it up actually so seeing guides with your eyes, with your vision, requires a lot of um, moving between your mind and your vision and it is very, very taxing. And um, you, like I get a lot of eye strain at the end of the day. I mean anyone who's sat in front of me after a day of reading knows that my eyes can get quite smoky looking because that would require so much energy to make that connection. Um, so most of the guides will come in a form that is quite neutral so you don't get overly fixated on them <laughs> because, you know, I think that we start to want to build a connection by who they are and what they look like rather than what they feel like and what they're here with us to do. And that's actually the bigger experience I think is to tap into the sense and the feeling of who they are potentially the story of who they were with you and what they're trying to give and share and love you through because that's where you're going to get the most energy what form they're taking how many lifetimes you've lived with them if their name is Dave or Kevin or Sandra is not really as important as knowing what they feel like when they are close and you have that tingle run through your body. And I will often get people in a reading to stop and close their eyes and say, I want you to remember the feeling and the frequency of that energy behind you so that you never forget that you are not alone and you can call on that. I always think in terms of spiritual support squad that your uh, your spirit guides are kind of like they've got attention to detail again because they were human they've been on earth mm. so they kind of get what it's like to be on earth. Often I'll have read somebody a year ago and they come back and they've begun to step into working on a massive project or they're having a new baby or they're about to get married and a guide that potentially was at the back starts stepping forward and starts bringing in a bit of a crew to get something that's pretty landmark done. And, you know, sometimes if we were to look at people who have to hold very large things on the planet, they would have a whole realm that is just devoted to what they're doing here and, and why they're why they're going to work every day and then probably a guide that's looking after their family or their relationship or their nan who's not well. I mean, look, we're covering a massive huge. topic in a very short amount of time and I know we will keep going in to this because there's been lots of questions that have been sent to us about it. Um, but, yeah, guides really care about what happens on this earth plane and if we are keeping our destiny, are we – hitting some of those soul 
markers that we ask to have completed in this journey. And sometimes we might be going right and they're pushing us left and, you know, acting a bit like our GPS trying to recalculate us. And there's a little bit of a tossle there, which is usually when people will come to see someone like us. Um, but they are very much sort of like air traffic controllers. They're, they're mm. really working hard behind the scenes and yep. um, are very, very parental in a way is how I describe and it. And so let's talk about the angels because it's different vibration, different frequency, different kind of parts of the spiritual support squad. So when I learned about this, the general rule at the time for me, given to me, by the person who was helping me understand it was try not to read on it because you'll project into it. Just tell me what you're seeing and feeling and work it out that way and and I'll let you know if you're on the right track. And And that was so good because I trusted him implicitly. But what it meant was that even though I had come from a history of understanding it through what my parents had taught me, the first big aha moment for me was when I connected to a higher being which I would say was an angel and they said we have never been human I we we don't understand this human suffering but our job is also to help you remember that you can transcend it and it doesn't have to be that heavy and that you can reach up into a higher frequency in a realm and guess what a lot of it will fall away or we can guide you through and make the journey more comfortable so it's a really um uh, interesting thing but they're kind of like you know that host or hostess that just says well hey I don't think you need to be that uncomfortable can I get you a drink mm. or what about we go and smell the flowers or have you thought about dancing um, and, like- <laughs> and, and so <laughs> there's a lot of love and light and it is all the sparkly stuff that is talked about the woo-woo verse you know the crystals and the sprays and and that really does connect to that realm whenever I tap into that realm that is like it is all light and it is all love and it is all joy and it is all transcendence as well it's like in my personal practice that's one of the best parts of my day when I wake up with all the bullshit in my head about what's going on and what I need to do and what my problems are and then I get quiet and I meditate and I connect and all of a sudden I'm like that's right none of this really matters (laughs) what a relief I mean it doesn't mean that that I then don't like have to deal with it but it is it is a way of going to something higher and older and truer and that's the way I think some of this wisdom and work and understanding has absolutely lasted its journey and held itself through time is that very rarely has a person connected to these frequencies, whether it's a guide frequency or an ancestor directly, someone who's passed over and you see them, you feel them, you get that sign um, or sat in a moment of angelic connection and witnessed that in full force and turned around and gone, well, that was shit. (laughs) Like said no one ever, like, right? Yeah. It, it's really mind-blowing. It's your whole Two body stars. vibrates in like an ecstasy. All the cells are speaking. You're awake. You're alive. It's joyful. And who doesn't want to have some level of connection to that feeling? So the angels are, are 100% safest and best way to have a first point of call. And interestingly, in most cultures, there are 
protective helpers in the spiritual realm that are considered to be then connecting us to a higher force. And within the angelic realms, there are hierarchies. So we have angels who are then devoted to human consciousness, the archangels who overlook the human conscious realm. And boy, don't they have their work cut out for them. Big job. Um, Big (laughs) job. Big angel though, so it's fine. But you know what? Millions of people taking to the streets, Greta's light shining and a whole lot of other people standing up and saying me too and coming out and being brave and pushing social understanding structures. I think they're doing a great job, you know. So even though big job, they're doing good. Just back on them on them not having necessarily been on earth and not necessarily understanding the human struggle, I just did such a wonderful reading recently where the woman was worried about her weight and losing weight was a really big topic for her um, and she wanted to understand the deeper reasons behind why she'd gained weight. And one of the things that the angels came back and said is just that they, like, they don't really get the human obsession with weight. They don't really understand why you would want to take up less space. They're like, we're just kind of really interested. We just think you're so big. Like we see you as so big and we see you as so expanded. We don't fully understand why it is that you always want to be smaller. That doesn't make sense to us. And just, I, love I, I love the wisdom that comes through. And when you're doing your reading and you think, yeah, wow, that is absolutely powerful. That's powerful wisdom right there. That is a high five. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And not and, and so the, the angelic energy is not diminished by them not having lived a human experience. Instead, bravo, they are able to hold that massively high frequency without any memory of how difficult it is and it just keeps pulling us forward and pulling us forward because in essence we are the level of that light that they're holding. We've just forgotten because they're plonked here. I love that they always have big answers, even small questions, like even how do I lose weight turns into like there are big answers and they have like such vast perspective over our whole life. They're not just sure that they're interested in what's happening to you right here and now, but they're interested in stepping back and putting it in the framework of your entire life and not just this lifetime, but the one before and the one after and your entire soul journey and like I'm just so glad there's somebody taking care of that for me. Like I don't have the perspective to see like even the whole week and all the patterns in the week, let alone the whole month or life. Yeah, and there are times when, like I said, there's project management that the guides will step in and they'll be the ones that are really channeling the flow into certain energies that you can put into projects or physical world creation or things you need to get through. But equally, when there is an angel around, it's usually going to be connected with massive spiritual awakening. Like there is usually some level of macro understanding that is coming your way. And yeah, people who connect with angels remember how light they are all the time. And I don't know if it's an irony, but maybe it's a comfort is what I want to say. It's a comfort to know that actually we we are not alone. We're not alone. We have a whole support squad on the other side who are there for us and working with us and standing beside us. And learning to hear them and really know that they're there is such a relief. It feels so good. Yeah, it truly does. Okay, so angels, 
Mm. What about archangels? Are we talking like some hierarchy here? Who gets the wings? Who gets the harp? How do, how do we oh, divide that up? I wish I understood it completely, but I can only <laughs> tell you from my limited time um, experiencing this world, the archangels seem to be very much connected to bigger human causes and people will call them in for protection and support because there is a lineage or frequency you know, telephone that has been built up around a certain angel to give a certain frequency. I, it's so funny. I imagine it's like a desk and there are, that the, the call comes in and then a small part of Archangel Michael frequency can be available to you because you have summoned it in. I don't know if the entire energy frequency of an archangel literally comes to be with that person in that moment. Um, I have had one experience in a meditation many, many years ago when I was first starting this. And aren't the stories hilarious when you're first trying to understand this? So if you're out there and you're just starting, it's a funny world and you end up in some funny places. But I was at a supermarket in my local area where my mum and dad live and some woman (laughs) saw me in the supermarket and she said to me, oh, oh my goodness, when she heard my name, she's like, you've got to come to this meditation circle. We've been waiting for you. What? And I was like, <laughs> Weird. Okay. And hey, again, I was kind of open, probably a little too open. And it was, I had nothing else to do that night. So I did go along and I was very aware of my protection and support, and but it felt good. Everyone was happy and fine and balanced. And then I got in and I it's the funniest places that things happen. But I went really deep into the meditation. And during the meditation, the whole space filled with gold. And there was, I can only describe it. I looked up and just saw this angel that was like stories and stories and stories high in my mind's eye. And because I was completely not thinking and not expecting anything other than a little bit of an om experience, I kind of went, hi, who are you? Or what are you doing here in my mind? And the energy and answer came back, I am an archangel. And I just said, why are you here then? And I just that's pretty stimulating archangel conversation you've got there. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the day. Archangel Um, chit chats. But this is that thing, isn't it? The simple human way we connect and then the spirit world and the awe. And and so I was like, why are you here? And then, of course, silence. And then I looked down in my spiritual mind and I could see this gold smoke. And in in the smoke were these beautiful feet walking towards me. And I was thinking, whose beautiful feet are those? And I could smell roses and I thought the person running the circle must have sprayed something. And I kind of opened my eye a little bit and everyone seemed to be ominous out. And and then the next minute I started to feel literally like somebody was washing or healing my feet. And when I connected I just began to cry and this is the only time maybe one other time I've had this experience but they said you are forgiven my name is Jesus and that was the experience of the archangel (laughs) 
in the middle of nowhere. And Jesus, and I, that is a big story. And I, I get that anyone who has spiritual experiences, the memory of it is so visceral for you. And that's the great thing about this. This is all about sensation and frequency and inner awareness. And that happened and no one can tell me it didn't. But it also gave me, you know, I was not the same for a few days. I was walking mm. around with this incredible sense of love and fullness and very gentle quietness because I stood in awe of the fact that I didn't just see the whole of that energy come to see me. It was particularly the feet and anyone who understands that tradition, which I grew up in, the bathing of the feet is actually a very big thing. But I can tell you now, it wasn't on my mind. I didn't have it as part of what I went into to seek or find. I was literally there to get still and quiet and maybe tame some of my anxiety. Um, But it also told me that when somebody big in the spirit world comes, they bring an entourage. And the beautiful archangel, which I've, I've probably only seen three or four times in my life, had that sensation of the fullness of that energy arrive. It was because something actually bigger was behind it. It's like it. a B-list celebrity just rolling with an entourage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the amazing thing too is that you can use these archangels at any time. And we must say that this is cultural and in any culture you will be able to go through and back through your teachings and lineage and whatever you tap into to try and give names and and structures to this level of frequency as well. Yeah, right. That's a really good point. Yeah, so we're using very Western theological terms, but obviously there are many lineages and many visuals for these things as well. Like it's not just one visual, one representation of this world, but most cultures and most um, spiritual lineages will have these understandings of spiritual realms and you can tap into the visuals and the connections that feel right for you, for sure. And every river leads to the sea, right? Like we do talk about this in our understanding of what it is, um, but there, but it in no way negates anybody else's understanding. In fact, again, it's all the rivers and they're leading to the sea. Can you imagine the spirit world looking down on us talking about this? We're, we're quite small um, little creatures <laughs> talking about something that is huge. We are the ants. And- Next to the four lane highway, right? Yeah, we'll only have a bit of an understanding of what's what's been going on around this for sure. Just because you're allowed to use magic now does not mean you have to whip your wands out for everything. Avatar realm as well, right? To the next level in the spiritual frequency, which is those energies. Um, you know, we in some traditions we call them saints or avatars or they've held a certain um, frequency on this planet and often the major religions are structured around these beings and their stories and their journeys and then you know I'm sure there's a more complex structure up the very very top if we think about it as a as a pyramid but the real light force or the realm of all knowingness is sort of beyond that and all of these energies are kind of reflections in different frequency of that one form now it should be said that the pyramid goes equally in mirror down into the dark forces as well and that's true and we'll cover that probably at another time but yeah our world does not live in one balance there is a whole continuum and so as far as it goes up into that energy of all-knowing love and light it also goes right down into the opposite 
energy. When we think about, especially like the lighter realms and we think about that we have spirit guides and we have angels and there are archangels and there are avatars. Um, One of the things I really love about it is that the human world is currently undergoing a loneliness epidemic. We are more connected than ever, but like more disconnected than ever due to technology. Um, I've certainly had my experiences of feeling very alone. I travel a lot. Um, And so, you know, we just as humans at the moment, that's something we're really facing is feeling alone. And it's such a relief and it was such a relief for me to come to understand that actually we're not alone. We have this whole, um, we have this whole support squad on the other side who are there with us and beside us and guiding us and we can learn to connect to them. We don't have to take that on faith. We absolutely can connect to them and hear them and, and talk to them. How do we do that? Yeah, that's such an interesting point, Kirley, because I've often wondered if loneliness is just the perfect doorway to understand everythingness and connection. So often when you're at your most lonely and most disconnected, there's often a calling to figure out how to pick up the telephones on each plane. You know, it's it's often the moment of the breakthrough and, and often preceding connection to the spirit world or other realms, there will be a point where other connection diminishes or else there might not have been any reason for you to get hungry to understand or reach Mm. or or connect higher. I think what's interesting is that we live in a world where we don't ask for help or we might not go and connect down at our local community library, meditation circle, you know, and we've become afraid. And for some people, for right reason, they've been misled or their trust has been abused. And, and so we've, we've got this experience where we've got this problem and this beautiful lesson that can come out of it and then this awakening, but we've kind of got all this confusion in the middle that's stopping the blessing. And certainly silence and space and time good ways to get the connection happening like repetition dedication sitting in silence asking questions and waking waiting for answers um and they're things that you do have a bit of time to do if you are feeling a bit lonely right if you are seeking connection and you're not getting it in the human world um at the moment yes so generally the spirit world will use frequency to connect and the way our channel is prepared for that you're exactly right is we have to calm the physical world, the physical mind, the conscious mind down to be able to perceive those other sensory frequencies. Um, For some people, and I was a child like this, and there are many people like this I know out there probably listening as well, some of us are born with these channels open and it's all coming at us and then we have to kind of reset the channel so that we can hear it clearly and order it and um, get the best out of it because we're almost in sensory overload. And I've often wondered whether so many sensory children that I work with are just, you know, in that experience and need that reconnection with the earth and their body and their stillness. And that's where all those neuro link um, pathway um, gyms are amazing because they kind of build all the structure of that very sensory awake and alive mind, very perceptual mind so it can function on all levels and dimensions. So if you really are interested in either turning it on or getting it more organized, that is your channel, 100% the beginning connection with the breath, the grounding and 
the support and protection that we've already talked about is imperative. And then it really is like learning to pick up a telephone. They talk about mindfulness and mindfulness is coming to our senses, being able to awaken to our um, the energies that we speak to the world through, which is our vision and our auditory channels and our touch and frequency vibration in our skin. So the spirit world speaks to us in all of these things. It'll speak to us in, you know, maybe a tingle or a change in temperature in a room. Um there is also the feeling center that it can activate. So oftentimes when a spirit is near, the elevation will happen. I, the amount of times people have booked in for a reading, been going through a really full-on time and say, well, I don't know, but while we're talking, I don't really feel like any of that matters anymore. And I say, ah, okay, what that is is all the beautiful frequency that's around you at the moment, but I want you to go back and have a think about how you were feeling yesterday or the day before because we still want to workshop it through even though this lovely frequency is around. So the emotional center is another access point. The sort of the higher level of communication, you know, works through all the senses, the clairvoyance. Um, but really it's learning to understand the language of spirit and spirit speak through signs and symbols and synchronicities. Um, and they can be so easily missed but as, you know, what was so funny is the night before we launched our podcast, I saw number plate and I didn't get a chance to take a photo because I was driving, turning right. And I was like, oh, damn, I wish I'd been able to take that because that was kind of a little wink that we were on the road, that we were, you know, getting ready. Everything was locked and loaded to, to the world. And then I was feeling a bit like, damn, wish I had, had been ready for that. And then went to get milk, got in my car turned right to look out the window and there was another car but it was WQO but with its blinker on it looked like WOO completely different car so I took a photo and that's the thing about Spirit some of you miss it they'll just resupply the sign and sometimes one of the things I love about it is sometimes it is difficult especially in the early days it's a bit like learning a new language and so mm. you've got to like sound like an idiot for a while and not understand mm. what's being said and like step out and have a day where it really works and then accept that the next day you're not going to know how to order a drink in that language like you know it's fine it's part of mm. the process but then one of the things I love is that sometimes it's so obvious it's actually a little bit embarrassing <laughs> and you're actually yes, a little bit is. like whoa whoa universe tone it down be cool okay I get it like it just is dropped it's like a piano dropped on you from a 10th floor window and you're like yeah 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 okay I love it I get it and and, and it's amazing it's amazing when you get something that clear yeah I have never seen a number plate with W-O-O on it before and I let alone two I have so many stories which we'll go into um, further along about readings I've done where there are things that blow your mind about how people move into the spirit world when they're birthing or when they're passing over and how the spirit world have worked. I have had people who have come to see me who have been involved in one incident and they have both come to see me in the same week and sat in the same room about the same spirit and connected even though both of them didn't know they existed. And yet that one spirit found me through a person who he had known years and years and years before who so happened 
to pass on my details. And it was mind-blowing to think that these two people were literally almost one or two people apart and the whole story was there, you know, delivered from the spirit world. Yeah, I love these really clear messages. I love it when it's just so obvious. You, It's like it smacks you upside the head and you really have to see it. Um, and you and I had an incident actually where, because, you know, as you were saying before, not everything is light and love. It's not always easy. But the signs and the symbols you're given from the universe can connect to that as well in that I had a, um, and trigger warning on parasites here, I had a, a week of my life where all of a sudden I got, what was it, bed bugs? knits and worms all in the space of a week and I've been traveling the world for two years now and have never had any of those things and then all in the space of one week they were there and then I saw a parasite actually crawl out of a um, praying mantis in front of me and I was telling you about it the next day and we both had a little bit of a laugh and then you were like hold on hold on hold on step back we need to look at this properly you've got a spiritual parasite And it hadn't even occurred Mm. to me, even though the universe was smacking me in the face Mm. every single morning with that, or every single day almost with that fact, there is parasites around you. There's something you need to know. I hadn't even seen it. And then of course, then when we went in and looked at it, yeah, I totally had caught something and it needed to be cleared. Um, So ill. (laughs) Yeah, ill. We're covering a massive topic, you know, in such a short time. So there'll be parts of this that we will absolutely need to break off to and break off and deep dive further into for sure um yes that that's that's an example too of somebody like yourself who had begun reading and there are when you start doing this as a vocation or a job or with um other people there is a whole other understanding and learning around that rather than just doing it for yourself. It, of course, if you look at this in terms of energy sanitation and hygiene, the solo experience of you building your channel and connecting your channel, picking up the telephone line, looking at sign symbols and sensations and building that language is actually quite a pure journey. As soon as you exchange energy, it's a bit, it's a bit like the sexual world, you need to remember that there are safe Safety measures and protections and things that you need to keep on. And if it's not on, it's <laughs> it, not on. The gold people. dome is a little bit like that, isn't it? Remember that. But the what there are things that can get in if you are sitting in different places a lot and doing it in a way that maybe the space isn't secure or that person's going through something. There are so many reasons why that can happen. But absolutely, um, I as a reader and as many readers will be listening constantly for signs, sounds, experiences, repetitive stories for the things that the spirit world are trying to show us that we might miss with our conscious mind. But they will try and show us in conscious world as with you how extreme it is and that this really needs our attention. The things that have happened while I am reading people, like I've had taps bursting, I've had, you know, animals break into houses, uh, you know, whole roads being pulled up while I'm reading somebody and relayed while the reading's going on. You know, they're all signs and symbols if you're looking and you work in this world enough that you cannot ignore. We have to work out how to clear our channel to start with, I think. And that would be one of the things that as this becomes more normal, we'll all probably learn that getting your channel set up is the most important thing. We will 
try and work through that in this podcast. So if you follow us, we it, can really it's a, give you as much information it's a big as topic. we can. If I'm just at home right now and I'm listening to this and I'm going like, brilliant, I'm in. Spirit guides, mm. yes. Angels can't wait. Mm. How, I'm going to connect. All right, fine. Mm. I look for signs. I look for symbols. I feel the vibration inside me. Yeah. Maybe I, I wait to see if I can hear voices or have an emotion in the body. How do I do that in a way that I can practice? I can just practice, but I'm safe. Yes, like I so put that's myself in my we... golden dome. Is that enough? Well, that's why we started where we did getting connected to the breath, the body and the energy, the golden dome, the grounding. And those things daily are really important. And then where we have to head is clearing our channel, clearing our fear channel particularly, looking at what triggers us, what um, we're scared of culturally, you know, historically through our childhood. So we understand the channel that we're working it through and that gives us clearer signs, sounds and symbols. But what we can do is we can put up on the universal treasure chest a coming to your senses and sort of the beginning guidance on how to connect all those things so that you can begin to find a center to allow that feeling and and door to open for sure. And and as we go on as well, so um, our, we're starting to get into the chakras. So our next podcast is um, going to be starting at the beginning, starting at the base chakra mm. and telling you how to like understand the energy of it and work with your energy of your base chakra. And as we work up the chakras, you're going to come to a deeper understanding of how to clear your channel and do this work. Yeah, it's a tuning in process. And when mm. you're ready and you're ready to go on that journey and clean the house, as I like to call it, you start at the bottom and you work your way up. And then this amazing thing happens where the energy starts coming down. And as it comes down, you become awakened to its energy and its influence and its um, awareness, which then changes the actions you take in the physical world. So anything that to start with grounds your energy, raises your vibration and increasing that support and protection is great. And then really it is about a very deep and quiet moment where you take with yourself to say, I am ready to understand more about the energies that secure me and are around me, who guide me. And it's like a little gentle, hello, I'm here picking up the telephone. I think it is very important to put boundaries and sacred parameters around that and to say, this is what I want to connect with. And it's the beings mm. of highest guidance, love and light for me in this lifetime. Yeah. I'm always super clear about who's allowed to get through and who's not like, and what, yeah. Yeah. What's welcome. It's like, put, like I lay out the welcome mat for some of you, not all of you. There is spaces that energies that are not necessarily fully over into that ancestral plane or that guide plane can move around and we will talk about those experiences and what happens and and there there can be very disturbing so you know this is something that we take very seriously and energy connection sanitation hygiene resetting is very important and if you have suffered any traumatic experiences the most important thing is to stop and completely just come back to feeling good about being in a body and being with you and being on the earth and seeing yourself humming in that level of joyful um, alive frequency first and then pick up the telephone 
it can be very confusing if you're picking up the telephone and you're anxious and you're fearful and you're erratic and you're turning over a million tarot cards or angel cards or you're going to see lots of readers because you're liable to get a lot of confused energies and messages back. The more centered and the more reconnected you are, the easier it is going to be for you to build your connection with those other realms and those other guidance systems. And we are here to support you as you traverse the woo-woo-verse, the inner woo-woo-verse, the external woo-woo-verse and all the woo-woo-verses in between. Um, we're going to be doing a universal treasure chest as always on this topic. Um, and so it'll all be about connecting with the senses and asking for the guardians to come close um, and a guided meditation. So keep an ear out for that upcoming in the next few days. We will also put up um, images to describe this world. And if you want that, go to the website and you can download that under the episode, episode three, and it'll all be there. So you can have a bit of a squeeze and that might make it a little bit um, more interesting too. Awesome. And don't forget to get in contact with us. Um, you can find us WooWooVerse on Instagram, WooWooVerse.com on the interwebs. And uh, please rate and subscribe us if you're enjoying this. If you're getting something out of this, then subscribe. Give us five stars. You know you love it. Um, at the website, you can su submit any questions that you may have. And um, if you're into it and you're a bit proud to be WooWoo, -woo, then go on, tell all your friends. Get them to come join the WooWoo -woo crew. Absolute pleasure, Kiralee. As always, can't wait until we get into the base chakra next time. The excitable fantasy. Textbook case of female hysteria. I swear, three days ago, neither one of us would have ever pulled a stunt like this. You're not 100% certain about what we're dealing with here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. The Woo-Verse is recorded and edited by our incredible super producer, Dan Zivkovic. We love him. And if this conversation has brought up anything for you or if there's any extra work you've realised you want to do around this topic, then please know that you do not have to traverse the Woo-Verse alone. We encourage you to build a support team around you and to do what you need to do to take really good care of yourself because you're amazing. So be good to you.